day 31. It's now one month since the surgery. I find that breaking the time down into smaller increments helps me have hope. I know that August will be a month of limitations, but also of healing and progress. The challenge is to live each day and look for opportunities rather than just marking time. Although some days getting through feels like an achievement. These small milestones on the road are worth celebrating. So today we went out for lunch. I am absolutely certain that the prayers and encouragements of others have played a significant role over the last month and will be just as necessary in the month to come. Today, I'm thankful for the opportunity to mark progress and I'm grateful for all who have helped this far. David knows that no one whose hope is in the Lord has ever been put to shame, but he still asks that he will never be put to shame. He takes refuge in the Lord and asks for deliverance and rescue. Many familiar themes emerge again in Psalm 31. Reading the Psalms, it's easy to become frustrated with David. He seems to cycle through faith and confidence mixed with anxiety and uncertainty. This is a reality check to the perfectionism we often pitch or feel pressure to present to the world. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Keep me free from the trap that is set for me. For you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. I hate those who cling to worthless idols. As for me, I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your love. For you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. You have not given me into the hands of the enemy, but have set my feet in a spacious place. David starts with a bold declaration. He has taken refuge in the Lord. He asks that God will deliver him and rescue him. He is confident that God is his rock and his fortress, commits his spirit to God, rejoices in the Lord, and is thankful that he has been rescued. His feet are in a spacious place. If you were doing a spiritual health check or warrant of fitness on David, you would read these verses and give him 10 out of 10. He wouldn't just scrape through, he would pass with distinction. This is the kind of leader I want to be. Secure in faith, trusting in the Lord, protected, steady and stable. But suddenly, halfway through the psalm, there is a change of tone. It feels like a crash of gears rather than a change-up. David does not sound like he is coping at 
toll well. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction and my bones grow weak. Because of all my enemies, I am the utter contempt of my neighbours and an object of dread to my closest friends. Those who see me on the street flee from me. I am forgotten, as though I were dead. I've become like broken pottery, for I hear many whispering, terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. Where has the confidence and the boldness gone? Hasn't David just been talking about the Lord being his rock and fortress? Now we hear a plea for mercy and an expression of desperation. He is weak, in distress, grief-stricken. He's consumed with anguish and undermined through weakness. He is looked at with contempt, forgotten and overwhelmed. The dominant image here is of fragility and brokenness. He has become like broken pottery. He is in pieces, useless and only fit for the garbage. The message translates this anguish. I'm in deep, deep trouble again. I've cried my eyes out. I feel hollow inside. My life leaks away. Groan by groan, my years fade out in size. My troubles have worn me out, turned my bones to powder. Life's experiences erode our confidence. Trouble and opposition can hollow out our sense of purpose and leave us questioning our worth and value. How would you score this leader now? Would you appoint David to a position of influence or authority based on this outpouring? I might give him a few marks for honesty, but the expression of faith, fear and failure is too mercurial to be dependable. Yet this is the same leader at this moment, not lurching from faith to fear, but holding both together. He can, at the same time, be confident in the Lord and very aware of his immediate context. If he was moving between confidence in himself and anxiety in his situation, it would be different. But his belief in God is not circumstantial. He's intentionally affirming truth about God and bringing his situation to the Lord. There is no need for pretense. The truth about God and the reality of his feelings validate his faith and define his response. Despite all the opposition, he trusts in God and asks that the Lord will shine on him, save him and demonstrate his unfailing love. But I trust in you, Lord, I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. 
Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Let me not be put to shame, Lord, for I have cried out to you. But let the wicked be put to shame and be silent in the realm of the dead. Let their lying lips be silenced, for with pride and contempt they speak arrogantly against the righteous. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all, on those who take refuge in you. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from all human intrigues. You keep them safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight, yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. He testifies that the Lord has shown him his love when he was in a city under siege. He was not cut off from God, and he has been rescued. This leads him to call the people to appreciate the abundance of God and how this same shelter and safety is widely available to those who take refuge in God. Sometimes when we are surrounded and overwhelmed, disqualified, broken and useless. But it is in this state that God shows us more of his love. Sometimes difficulty drives us to the Lord in a way that ease does not. Desperation can cause us to throw ourselves on the Lord. A friend who's president of a Canadian university posted the other day, Every now and then the volume and weight of decisions I have to make at one time push me almost to my limit. That's when I transition from coping mechanisms like playing my cello or working out to praying. I reach out to the Lord for help. When I'm weary of having to stay strong for everyone else and feel so alone, I reach out to him. And for some reason, he's always there for me. I've needed him more than ever this past year. Hashtag grateful. So I say, I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. The Lord preserves those who are true to him. Be strong and take heart, all who hope in the Lord. There's that hope word again. It goes way beyond cope. It is hope that shifts us from self-reliance to genuine strength and courage. We often won't cope, but we can always have hope.